you're worthy. You're worthy of it all. Lord, and just as I share what I feel like you've laid on my heart, I pray that it would cut right deep into our very hearts, Lord Jesus. That it would be your words, Lord. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to share my ideas. I want, to, I want to share your truths, Lord God. And I pray that by, by your spirit that you would come and you would do the work. Lord, I, yeah, um, I'm a broken vessel in your hands, and I pray, Lord, that you would come and speak this morning. Just come and lead me even as I share. And, um, yeah, we just want to give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, guys. So um, I uh, do feel like what I've got to share this morning, the Lord's laid on my heart. It's actually been, I feel like it's been marinating and brewing in me for a while, and I land up preaching it to people when I speak to them. <laughs> I found myself on the phone the other day preaching to somebody, and I was like, okay, Lord, I think you're doing something. <laughs> Margo often kicks me when I do that. <laughs> um, and uh, so what I want to sh share about this morning is, first of all, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Is... Who of you want to look like Jesus? Absolutely. It's good. It's a good answer, I think. I mean, we should want to look like Jesus. Can you not? Are you struggling to hear me? Is that better? I said, who wants to look like Jesus? Yeah. So it's a good thing to want to look like Jesus. We should all want to look like him, actually. And it says in 1 John 2, verse 6, it says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. Uh, the ESV says this, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. It's cool, eh? So it's actually giving scripture instructs us. We should want to look like Jesus. So just um, as I give scriptures um, this, this morning, there's quite a few scriptures I feel that I'm probably going to work through. I want to encourage you guys to write the scriptures down. Just the scripture a reference and this week in community i want to encourage you guys to go through these scriptures and to unpack it a little bit and talk about it together because i do feel like the lord is doing something in us as a congregation and it's and it's kind of probably be stretched over a few weeks starting now and i do feel that this is this is our launching pad in a sense. So I want you guys to do that. Community leaders, take note. I will post these scriptures again just on the, on the um, groups for you guys. But I just want you to know that maybe. So take, take note. You know, so here's a, a, let me just tell you an interesting story. So when I was growing up, um, I grew up in Port Elizabeth and um, I surfed. I grew up, I mean, I think I started surfing at the age of like, I don't know, nine, ten years old. And uh, I was in that culture, surf, surf culture. Now, surf culture is quite a, it's, you know, it's a, it, well, <laughs> now that I'm older, I realize it's not that cool. <laughs> but it's like a cool culture, you know, like you've got to kind of maintain your status as a surfer, you know. Anyway, so growing up, um, I wanted to really be a good surfer. I wanted to, I wanted to compete. I had a desire to travel and to surf competitively. And uh, there was a good, well, there was a guy that lived around the corner from me that um, was an incredibly good surfer. He was a, a year or two older than me. Uh, he went to another school, um, and he lived literally just around the corner from me. And we often used to surf at the same place together. And um, I would be like, oh, man, I want to surf like that guy. Like, he really, really surfed well. He actually, I think he landed up, 
I mean, under 16, I think it was under 16 world champs, I think he came like third, and then he progressed on to, he eventually surfed, uh, traveled the world surfing on the, what we call the QS, which is the qualifying series, and uh, he was a very good surfer, sponsored, and he got paid to surf, and I really aspired, I wanted to be like this guy. And uh, I remember, it's kind of like I it was an almost embarrassing story. This, but I remember often we would surf, and I wasn't friends with him, but I wanted to be like him. You know, you know that, like you know, I mean, I go, <laughs> and he would, he would, we would get out, and I'd have to, we'd both probably have to be home roughly the same time because we had to go home, schoolwork, do your homework, eat dinner, and go to bed. So we would surf as long as we could, and then we'd walk home. We lived about. Ugh, maybe two kilometers from the beach, and we kind of had the same route we used to walk home. And um, I would make sure that, uh, you know, I wanted to try and become friends with this guy. So I would like kind of get out the water at the same time and like follow him home. But I mean, it was the same route anyway. No? But I remember so clearly, I remember so clearly walking behind this guy and like this guy was cool now, you know, because he was sponsored. He like he knew how to walk, he knew how to surf. He did. And I remember wanting to walk like him. And I remember he used to hold his board a certain way, and I used to do exactly the same thing and kind of walk. <laughs> I was so embarrassed telling the story, <laughs> but I'm just being honest with you guys because there's something in us that does want to be like other people often, right? I mean, let's just be honest. There's a whole industry in it, like dieting and fitness and men's health magazine guys want to look like ladies want like it's just I don't know <laughs> but it's 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 out there right <laughs> anyway so just let me fast forward a couple of years so eventually anyway I become very good friends with this guy he actually became one of my best friends um so I might say he landed up being one of the best men at my wedding Many years later. <laughs> but we kind of grew up together at the same time. But this was before we entered into our relationship. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told him this story. <laughs> but it just did such a picture for me that is actually like we, we idolize these things in the world. But the only real thing that we should legitimately be wanting to look like is Jesus. And and, we, and it's kind of okay for us and seemingly, seemingly acceptable for us to to want to be like something or want to be good at something, like train to do well at something um, or something like that. But as soon as we talk about wanting to look like Jesus and, and, and trying to look like him, it gets put in, the, put in the column of legalism or works, in a sense. I was like, why, why can we do it in the world, but we can't just... Exercise to look like Jesus, actually. Oh. <laughs> and I got, like, it's really got me thinking, because there's a scripture in 2, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. It says this, And we, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So obviously there should be a desiring to look like Jesus, but it's not. It's impossible in the physical it's by the Spirit, it's made possible now. Okay, so we, we, that's kind of our, our foundation and we need to have that understanding that to look like Jesus is impossible. We cannot on our own. It's by the Spirit, the righteousness of, the righteousness of Christ through the cross in His grace. You know, that's, that's our foundation. 
Okay, so it's impossible. But by the Spirit, He does enable us, and He says in the Bible, He's transforming us to look like Him. So it's actually something we should be aspiring to. It's something we should be striving to, to be like. It's a good thing, actually. And, uh, but as soon as we get, like, we start kind of talking about these things, people start to get uncomfortable, and they go, what do you mean? Like, like no, like, I don't have to do anything. And that's not what we're saying. <laughs> I'm saying you don't have to do anything, but God has given you the ability to look like him. Now start looking like him. Um, and uh, I am, um, so with unveiled faces now, because of that, because of Christ, we're actually able to view his glory, and we're able to be transformed into them. So any walking that we do is made possible by the Spirit, and any transforming that happens is made also possible by the Spirit. And that actually, I mean, that's the gospel pretty much through and through. So here's the thing. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit, I'm going to use the term flesh. So for those of you who may be new or you don't know, you might be like, what on earth is he speaking about? What is, like, flesh, flesh is this stuff on my body, <laughs> but flesh is also a term that's often used in the Bible. It's Bible. It's out of the Bible. So I'm not just talking. I'm not making something up. Um, and it's often it's a term used in the Bible that refers to our desires or habits that um, are not necessarily of the Spirit or necessarily of the kingdom. Does that make sense? So it would be our part of us that is still kind of tied to our sinful nature. Okay. So I just want to clarify that because sometimes, you know, you're often sharing up here, you're preaching, and somebody walks in for the first time and they go, what is this oak speaking about? Like it's gobbledygook. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's talk. So one, <laughs> and I want to maybe do, I'm going to give, I want to do a little bit of an illustration that how we work with these things and how we separate these things and then how we can maybe grow in these things as well so 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 2, uh, 23 says this may God himself the God of peace sanctify you through and through may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ so it it can be debated but it seems as if our body and us are made up of soul, spirit, and flesh. You guys see that? And, that's, and, and yes, we can argue that, but for the sake of what we're doing now, I want to I explain this thing. So I'm going to ask maybe for three volunteers. Josh and Matt. Jake, the Oaks are so upset now. No shame, I won't do that to you. Robin, do you realize your husband's point? <laughs> He's throwing you under the bus. <laughs> Steph, why don't you come as well? Come, come, Maddie. So, why don't you guys get on stage for me? So everybody can see, see you. Nice and, nice and solid. So got nice, strong guys here. Yeah? So give us a little flex there, Josh. <laughs> Steph, yeah, yeah, it's good. Steph can be in the middle. Right, so, so maybe let's quickly go to 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 to 27. Let's have a look at that quickly. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it 
to get a crown that will last forever. So there's something here, like this is Paul speaking, there's something here of training to win a prize, right? So I don't know about you, but I used to run, and I hate training when I'm not racing. Like if there's not a race to run and to win, I, d- I don't train. My wife gets so frustrated with me. She's like, why don't you go for a run? I was like, because there's no race. Like, what's the point? <laughs> so that's just me. That's the way I think, okay? So here's the thing. There's something of bending our flesh and making it actually yield to our spirit, okay? So here's, here, who are we going to call this person? Here's a person. Who, who, who are we going to call you? Are we going to give you a name or are we going to just call you Steph because you're in the middle? <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's the representation of soul, body, and spirit. So Steph is the soul. Okay? Matt, unfortunately, you're the flesh. And Josh is going to be the spirit for us. So now here's the thing. Whatever, whatever happens in Steph's life, he chooses to feed one of these two. Okay, now we're not meant to live by flesh. We're meant to live by the spirit. I'm going to give you these, scri- these scriptures. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Of course. So Romans 8 uh, verse 13 says this, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But, if the spirit, but by the spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of your body. You will live. The, uh, the New King James Version is a nice, nice translation. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So there is a sense that as now, now made possible in Jesus, that we can choose to either give in to the flesh or to bend it, to yield it to the Spirit. Okay, so now you guys know if, you, if this is like life for the next 80 years or whatever, and you, he doesn't feed Matt. Matt's going to starve and die. How long will it take you before you die? <laughs> How long can you go without food? <laughs> not, <laughs> not very long. <laughs> so there's something of whatever of these things that we feed is going to grow in us. And I think we need to understand it. Thanks, guys. You can, you can go sit down now. <laughs> they can actually just land up distracting me. Well done. Such great examples. Eh? But this... What? Huh? What? I'm getting there. Uh. So what is the... My wife says, so what is your soul? So what is your soul? Your soul is, is your you, pretty much. Actually, we were chatting the other day, me and Jeff, and you said, he said to me, this, our soul and our spirit is pretty much our responsibility. No, sorry, our soul and our body is our responsibility. The Spirit is what, is what God does in us and through us. But now by the Spirit, we're able to, to train our body and strengthen our soul. So now whichever one you feed, is, they, they're both fighting over your, over your soul, in a sense. Your soul is your mind, your will, your, your emotions, your act, which plays out in your actions. Okay? So if, if you're feeding the flesh, the flesh gets strong. And he is able to pull your soul over, in a sense, over to your to his side, 
Okay, and it's because you become you're becoming weak in the spirit. You're not feeding the spirit. Now, if you live in the spirit, because we're able now to live in the spirit, you feed the spirit, and the spirit begins to get strong, and the flesh begins to die. And it began, and it's I mean, this is all over scripture. We're going to talk. I'm mean, going to give you a couple of scriptures. I want to actually, um, I'm going to go to Romans eight. Well, let's first have a look at Colossians three verse five. It says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. So we see it all over Scripture saying, don't entertain these things. Don't give in to these things. Don't feed these things. You've been, now by the Spirit, it's been made possible that you can actually live in the Spirit, that you can actually begin to feed the Spirit. Um. So it's an interesting thing. While I was, while I was um, just preparing this and then, we often, like, so people can argue, okay, no, but that's not really a, a good picture. And I was thinking about it. Actually, it is because God says we're made in his image. You know that? We're made in the image of God. And God's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Now, there's something of us that does reflect the Trinity, actually. In a sense, there is something of us that reflects the Trinity. It's our soul and our body and our spirit. And actually, even in Romans, I think it's Romans 8 verse 15, it says this. It says, uh, where is it now, sorry? No, sorry, it's Romans 8 verse 3. By sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Quite interesting, and Jesus is this perfect example of not giving into the flesh, of dying to the flesh, and actually to the point of death, he goes to the cross and he actually dies for us. But all again made possible in the spirit and by the spirit. Um, and I'm not going to, I don't want to go too much into that. Let's have a look though at Romans one, uh, Romans eight one to seventeen, and I'm going to read this, and I'm going to highlight a few things as we go along. It's quite a, it is quite a portion of Scripture, but let's have a look at it, because I think Paul really puts this into a great, really, his, his words are great in this. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus for the law of sin and de- from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. So Paul there, in that first few sentences, lays that foundation. It's done. In Jesus, it's done. It's possible. Then he goes on to say, How God did it? By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that our righteous requirement of the law, may, law might be fulfilled in us. Sorry, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on flesh is hostile to God; it does not submit to Him. God's laws, indeed, uh, God, sorry, God's laws, indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And then goes down a little bit further. It says in uh, verse twelve, it says, "So then, brothers, we are debtors 
not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Now this is interesting. You did not receive a, a, a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So what does God give? What spirit has God given us? Sonship. That's the, the very next thing. But then he also he says this though. Into Timothy he says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control." There's something. There's, there's something interesting. Is, is God has given us. Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as I've been working through this, as I've been over the last couple of months, I've been realizing that I think there's something of a lack of self-control in us as a people. And I'm trying to illustrate that for us. I'm trying to lay a foundation and I actually want to talk what I want to speak into, what I want to talk into, is there's not much evidence of the fruit of self-control in our lives, actually. And there should be because we're living in the Spirit. But what happens and what is happening in the world and the society that we live in today is dulling us massively to self-control. Like we think we're self-controlled. We're not. Everything, everything around us is pointing us in the other direction. And, I mean, this is quite an, like, if you just think about it, and I laughed at the guys because they, they, they came to my house and, and I felt like a chocolate. So we jumped in the car, we went to the shop and got a chocolate. And we ate it. It was a desire. Desire of the flesh. It was forced. It was a desire of the flesh. And I'm not saying eating chocolate is bad, like, you don't hear what I'm saying. But the ease in which I can satisfy that desire is like this. The world we live in, is, it's at our fingertips. Every single thing is designed for ease, to be more accessible, to be easier. The, probably one of the top selling points on any product is user, like usability, right? User-friendliness, accessibility. So the easier it is to use, the make, more accessible it is, the less I have to do to make it work. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but can you see what it does to us? It, actually, it points us away. It, it actually just dulls our sense, in a sense. It makes everything super, super, super accessible to us. It's so interesting. It's like even everything is like designed to feed into what we want and our desires. I was speaking to you guys know Estian. His brother is a farmer. He's, he's actually in the Hermanus congregation. I was there this week. His brother's a farmer, and uh, he fought, they grow... I think they grow berries and stuff, but he was telling me a very interesting thing. He said they measure, um, is it, it's in bricks, I think, of sugar, they call it, when they measure the, the nutrition value of vegetables that are grown today. He said, and it's, he said, it's incredible. He said vegetables that are grown today are designed for shelf life and taste, not for nutrition. That's interesting, eh? So they'll last longer on the shelves and they'll taste better. But they're not better for you. They taste better, but they're not actually better for you. So even if, I mean, like vegetables, that's something we would think is meant to be healthy for you, right? But even that has been like, so can you see kind of the world is tainted. It's, it's like, and the, the enemy does whatever he can just to, and I'm not, guys, 
please hear what I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying going eating a chocolate's a bad thing. I'm not saying now we have to all start growing our own vegetables. I'm not. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying. I'm just saying the design of this world is to pull us away from God, actually, and a, and a life that is actually, actually giving fruit of the Spirit, in a sense. Um, and uh, even that, I mean, we talk about you don't work harder, work smarter. And, and it's, it really is, that's good and clever. I mean, that's what I want to apply in my life. But what's it saying? It says don't work hard. <laughs> work smart. Okay, yes. <laughs> Again, like, but there's just, it's just, it's just kind of edging us in another direction. Um, so as I've been, as I've been speaking, as I've been sh- like talking to people um, and just sharing with, you know, just spending time with people, I'm realizing there's something in us that is not a, we're actually not a disciplined people. We're not a self-controlled people. Um, you know, how do we, I was chatting with Jeff earlier and we talk about spending time in the Holy Spirit and when we're in the Spirit, when we spend time with God, it actually enables us to, to walk in Him. There's a sense of just being in Him and He brings life to us. The less time we spend with Him, the less time we're immersed in Him, it just, it seems to be easier to fall into the desires of the world. I've found it in my own life. I'm just being dead honest. I said to Him, I go on holiday, I seem to spend a little bit less time with the Lord. I watch a couple more extra movies and my senses to the Spirit begin to become dulled. It's harder for me to turn to the Lord. It's easier for me now to turn to the flesh. So I begin to satisfy my flesh. And the more I satisfy my flesh, the weaker my spirit becomes. The harder it is now to say no to sin, actually. It's just because of the position I'm putting myself in. God's changed nothing. I'm putting myself in this position of making it difficult to actually resist, in a sense. And we were talk, I was talking to one of my friends. He said, you know, if we, like, we, we talk about spending time with the Lord, and I know somebody might come and bring a, like a test to me and go, you know what, like, I had such an incredible time with the Lord, and he met me where I was at, and like, I, I just I, I realized I was lying in bed, and I didn't have to get up, and, and he just met me there, and I dreamt of him, and it was so in, incredible and intimate, and it was amazing. And like, yes, that may happen. That may happen. But it was maybe a personal moment for them. I would say we actually need to be intentionally spending time with the Lord. If you don't set your alarm, you're not going to wake up. If you don't get out of bed, you're not going to open your Bible. If you don't open your Bible, you're not going to read the Word. God's not going to come in. He's not going to... I was sharing this with Jeff, preaching to him this morning. He said, yo, the angels don't come out of bed and put you on the... (laughs) But it's a reality. There is something of self-control, self-discipline, training... Training yourself to do these things. I'm, I'm telling you, my own life, I, like, I was actually convicted. I've been reading some, my days are, are, they're not so rigid. So like I don't have to be in an office at 8 o'clock and I don't finish at 5 o'clock. And you know, my, my times are blurred. So I can, sometimes if I have a late night, I might sleep a little bit later. And then I like, okay, I'm going to spend time at some stage of the day. I might spend time with the Lord. And I felt the Lord speak to me in that because I would find actually my, I would, 
going through the day, I would be a little bit, there would be a little bit of anxiety in me, actually. I'm not an, I don't struggle with anxiety, but there would be a bit of anxiousness in me. And I was like, no, man, that's, what is that? And I got challenged, I was, was reading this book, and I got challenged, actually, to, to start. I should really be starting the day in him. And yes, I know I should, but now I don't want to be stuck in a system either. But I said, okay, you know what, like, I'm just going to, so I'm just going to put this principle in place. I'm going to start being a bit more disciplined in this. I tell you what, something changed. Eh? My da- like the anxiety left in my day. My day is incredibly busy and I'm facing a lot of things that I'm having, like hectic stuff that I'm, we've got to walk, and, and it, it left. The, uh, like the peace of the Lord came upon, like upon me day to day and I'm walking through situations going like, yes, yesterday that would have bugged me, but today it doesn't. And there's something of, as I'm learning to be more disciplined in the Lord and start with Him, He's just beginning to step in. And, and again, just hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I'm not giving you guys a template to follow. What I'm doing and hoping I'm doing is encouraging us to grow and put effort into self-control and self-discipline. To encourage, wanting to grow in that area. And I think I've noticed... There's a lot, like we live in a world and I think our society gives, is given birth to a culture of addiction. We've got massive addiction problems in our society and our culture today from all ranges, from uh, eating, food, pornography, smoking, alcohol, drugs. It just is a list is just doesn't, it's inexhaustible. It just goes and goes and goes. Series. Movies, yes, I can get lost in that thing. I don't watch. For my I'm not saying you have to not. You shouldn't watch series. For me, if I watch one, I watch two. Then I watch three. Then I watch the season. Then I watch the next season. Sorry, I'm spitting on the mic. <laughs> it's bad news. I've learned that I cannot give in to that thing. Because I will land up, so I'm just, actually, no, I'm not going to watch anymore. I'd rather watch a movie because it's done in an hour and a half and then it's done. (laughs) Even that could become a problem. Where'd I find my rest? Where'd I find my sustenance? Guys, we live in a culture of addiction. I see it, like, in us even. Guys struggle to break free from stuff. And we're like, well... How? So here's the thing. We, uh, you guys know what fasting is? Yeah, do we know what fasting is? You should know what fasting is in the Bible. <laughs> so we're gonna, uh, next week I'm going to talk a little bit more about fasting because I think, I think the Lord has given us a tool here to exercise self-control. He's given us a tool to say, you know what, here's something you can do to exercise killing the flesh, to exercise being disciplined. And it actually gives life and, and, and is beneficial in many other ways too. I think it's one of the things is actually, we don't fast to get something, we fast to look more like Jesus. Because it kills the flesh. Now if we cannot, I, I remember doing a fast in, in, in Mossel Bay and uh, we did it as a co- congregation and I remember phoning my buddy um, it's like, yo, bro, how's, how's it going? And it was like lunchtime. And he's like, nah, bro, I couldn't. 
was like, I was just like, I had to, I had to just, like, I, had, I wasn't going to make it. I'm like, what? What? So actually, you didn't fast at all. You had lunch. Like, you just, you just ate breakfast and then you had, like, or you didn't eat breakfast, you had lunch. I was like, I just, I, but you know, the more I ask, the more I poke, the more I realize it's quite normal. People do that. They don't actually, they just can't, I can't get past lunch, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat something. Like, oh, I'm go, I've got a headache. I just can't do it anymore. Like, well, you've got a headache probably because you're probably addicted to coffee. I'm just saying. <laughs> and your body's probably detoxing, so you've got to get past that thing, man. Where's our self-discipline? Where's our self-control? It's out the window. As soon as it's faced with a little bit of faced with a little bit of adversary, like we're like, ah, oh, I can't do it. Now, here's my question. How do you expect to live a life in freedom, free from addiction, if you cannot go one day without eating? I don't know. I mean, guys come and they want prayer because they want to break free from an addiction. Cool. Pray for you. Go and fast for three days and then I'll pray for you. How did fast go? Um, yeah, not so good. Well, I'm almost getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to pray for you until he falls for three days. Who's that guy? There's a guy, what did he used to say? Who's that guy that used to send people up the mountain? Yongi Chao, he tells just, he's a, guys would come to him with a problem, he said, go up the mountain and pray. They'd go up the mountain, they wouldn't come back. They wouldn't come back. <laughs> they wouldn't come back to him. Because they, they found the Lord, he sorted their problems out. There was, there's something in actually being desperate for something, being willing to kill the flesh and able to, to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Because Listen to this. Yes, this is, I don't know who wrote this. but I, uh, Self-control naturally leads to perseverance. Okay, 2 Peter 1 verse 6. As we value the long-term good instead of the instant gratification of the world, self-control is a gift that frees us. That's incredible. Self-control is a gift that frees us. It frees us to enjoy the benefits of a healthy body. It frees us to rest in the security of good stewardship. It frees us for, from a guilty conscience. No. Sorry. Self-control restricts the indulgence of our foolish desires and we find the liberty to love and live as we were meant to. That's cool. I want more self-control. And that's all I want to talk about today, is just that growing in self-control. Because I think it's a, And how are we going to do that as a congregation? Because if we're all suffering from it, me included, then we need to grow in it. We need to exercise it. And I, I prayed about this, and I thought about this, and I think we as a congregation need to fast. <laughs> Some of you might be going, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're going to do it together. And we're going to do it properly. We're not going to do it forever. Like, I'm not going to ask you guys to do something you can't do. You've got to stay. How do you train for a marathon? One day at a time. Small steps. You start small. But we want to grow in this thing. And if it's something that's weak in us, we want to grow in it. Okay? So, I'm not going to ask you to, we're not going to start this week. We're going to start the following week. So I'm giving you guys time to prepare yourselves, to process it, to mentally get ready for it. 
Because I know it's big for some of you guys. Some of you are good at it. Some of you have, ex- have exercised these things. But it, we don't have a strong culture of discipline. I think some of the guys that were in the army and some of the older people are going, Yes! He's saying something I relate to. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> guys, it reflects even, us in a, uh, it, it, even on us being on time. What time do we start on? What time do we? What time does church start on on a Sunday? Six a.m. <laughs> it's it's evident in us. So I get I get all carried away here now. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it together, right? So those scriptures that I've uh, I I um, have gone through, we're going to put on the can you put them on the board? But I'm going to give them to you guys. I'm going to send them out to the community leaders. I want us to go through these scriptures to pull them apart, to spend some time in them, what it means to die to the flesh, what it means to kill the flesh, actually, how that looks. Next week, I'm probably going to equip us and preach and speak into fasting and what it does and the benefits of it and actually, how it, what it, actually what it brings as well. Isaiah 58 it's not a scripture that I've added there. Is it, is it there? There it is, Isaiah 58. If nothing else on this bunch of scriptures on Wednesday that you go through, go through Isaiah 58. Because I'm probably going to land up, I'm probably going to share and teach and preach around Isaiah 58 next week. And then, the following Wednesday, what we're going to do is we're going to fast together as a congregation. And when we come together as our communities in the evening, we're going to break the fast. And um, we're going to do that for a few weeks. Yeah, we're not going to fast for a few weeks. We're going to <laughs> don't, don't worry. <laughs> Possibly three weeks. Three Wednesdays. Means your last meal that you eat on a Tuesday evening will be your last meal. Okay, if you have medical conditions and you have to take medication and stuff like that, okay, you've got to work this out. Yeah. What? Eat a potato. <laughs> so we're, we're gonna, I'm going to give a little bit more practical handles how exactly we're going to do it. And we're going to talk a little bit more into that. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to end on Tuesday and then we're going to, st- we're going to end the fast together in our communities on a, Wednesday, on a Wednesday evening. You guys are going to have a meal together and you're going to break bread together. And in this time... We're going to pray. We're going to trust the Lord for breakthrough because there are those in us, and actually all of us that need to grow in self-control, but there are also in the, those that are in us that are struggling with addictions. And we need to break those addictions. And I'm trusting that as we stand together as a congregation, that actually the Lord is going to break addiction over this congregation. Addiction, there's all sorts, all sorts of things. And actually that's when I end this morning, I'm going to ask you if you're struggling with an area in your life of flesh that you cannot, you cannot kill, that's manifesting maybe an addiction, that I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray that the Lord, as he starts the work now over the next couple of weeks, he could break it instantly, but that he actually breaks that thing in us. So, somebody said, um, somebody said something yesterday. We had a worship training yesterday in Somerset West for our hub. It was an amazing time. And the guy that was leading at Skulk started this. He said, I don't know how we got into this topic. He said something. Somebody asked 
A friend of his, how do you stop smoking? And uh, Skulk said he was expecting a, a uh, formulated answer. And the answer that he heard surprised him and he really, like, he loved it. And the answer that the person gave was, you replace it with something better. And now, what better than the Spirit? Because the Spirit produces fruit. So if there's a fruit in front of you or a cigarette in front of you, now I'm just... Bear with me. <laughs> How much more pleasant is it to take a bite of the fruit of self-control than a drag of a ciggy? I'm just, I'm just putting it into, I'm trying to put it into a picture for you. There's many addictions. I'm just using that as an example. Fruit, healthy. Cigarettes, not healthy. If you want to break the addiction, if you want to break free from something like that, now's the opportunity. We've got to be tenacious in these things. We've got to be desperate to Walk this out. Are you guys with me? You're good. That's it. That's what I felt. This is how we're gonna this is how we're gonna navigate the next season. This is how we're gonna lead. I'm gonna lead us through this next season and we're gonna pull together as a congregation and we're gonna do it. So maybe just as I've been sharing, um the Lord has been speaking to you about areas of your life that you know actually are still very much alive and kicking. The old you, the old flesh is still going, nyeh, nyeh, feed me. <laughs> and you are feeding it. And the Lord's going, come on, man. I've given you the ability to not feed it anymore. I'm giving you, on this side, I've given you something so much more tasty, so much better. Just start eating from me. And if that's you this morning, I'm going to name a couple of, like I'm just going to give you a list of things. So maybe even as I've been speaking, it hasn't hit home yet. But there are things like smoking, drugs, alcohol, swearing, shopping. I'm not saying shopping's bad, but shopping addiction is. Anger. You can't control your anger. Pornography. Social media. Big problem today. Series. Coffee, hallelujah, movies, gossip, sleeping, true, any others, social media, gaming, gaming, huge problem, this is cool, we'll pray, we'll pray for him separately guys, My goodness me. <laughs> yes, Josh. <laughs> what, other, what other ones are there? Food? What's, no, WhatsApp is communication. But it could become a problem. Sport? Addiction? Exercise can become an addiction. Phones? Anything out of balance. That's it, actually. Work. Work can become a problem. But if there's things in you, the flesh is going, and you're feeding that thing, God wants to break it. So if the Lord has highlighted an area in your life this morning, don't you want to stand? I want to pray that as we embark on this journey together, as we intentionally exercise and live in Him and move in Him by the Spirit, 
that he actually brings freedom and he breaks things over and over us. I'm trusting for testimonies. Testimonies of what God's done and what he's broken in our lives over the next couple of weeks. And I want you guys, if, if you see the fruit and you're able to live in it, I want you not to be scared to come and share. We're a family. All right. Yeah, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear. You have not given us a spirit of fear, Lord. You've given us a spirit of self-control. And we are able to say no to things of the flesh. That we are able to live in the fullness of what you have done for us on the cross. That it's for freedom Christ to set us free, Lord. Lord, and I pray that as we look to you, as we uh, appreciate that for what you've done for us, Lord God, that we endeavor to put dead um, things of the flesh, Lord God, and turn to the Spirit, that over these next few weeks that you would do a mighty work in us as a people, Lord Jesus, that you would break off addictions, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would come and supernaturally lift these things off, off your people, Lord God. Lord, that you would come and break. Just, Lord, that there's a, pornography is a huge problem today, guys. Not only for guys, but for women too. Lord, that you would come and break that thing in your people, Lord Jesus. Lord, social media and our finding our identity in, in these things, Lord God, I pray that you would come and break that, Lord. Series, Lord. Finding our comfort in just watching TV and not, not focusing on you, Jesus. Gaming. Lord, would you come and break these things in your people? As we turn to you. Lord, let this be a joyful time together as a congregation. Let this be a time of celebration as we crush the enemy, Lord, as we, we put to death the flesh, Lord Jesus, and that we live in the Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.